Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance, with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Wurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country? Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Dr. Saman Bakhtiar. He's the CEO of 1% Nutrition and co-founder of the Camp Transformation Center International with Louise and Alejandra Font. He's helped transform thousands of people, not only physically, but what he believes is even more important mentally. Sam has degrees in nutrition and pre-med. He's the author of The Total Body Transformation Secrets. As someone who transformed his own physique into a champion bodybuilder who holds the record of having a first place title in every weight class. He is deeply acquainted with the challenges people experience as they seek to improve themselves and is dedicated to helping others be their very best. I've been looking forward to our discussion today to learn how we can be resilient people who refuse to continue unhealthy habits and leave legacies of health in our families and our communities. Sam, welcome to the Get Up Nation show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and privilege, man. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to bring as much value to you as possible. Awesome, awesome. You have lived a tremendous life, Sam. You were born in Iran from the age of three to the age of 11. You lived in conditions of constantly fired missiles, airstrikes, bombs going off. At age 11, you and your mother packed a single bag. You only had $500, no father present, and you were able to make it to America as refugees. Will you share some of those early experiences? Man, you know, it's crazy. When you are, like, you know, born in a war, like you grew up and there was war around you as a little kid, you know, you don't know it's a war. You just kind of like, well, you just that becomes your normal everyday life. So a lot of people always ask me, man, oh my God, was it crazy? Was it crazy? Looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe you went through that. I cannot believe that happened. But when you're a little kid, three years old, you know, when you hear sirens and blackouts and, you know, everybody tells you to go in the basement, you know, at that time, I just thought, okay, well, that's what we have to do. That's life. I didn't think much more of it. And not till later on, 
in adulthood, it kind of dawns on you that what you actually have to go through. Right. So it was really tough, man. You know, growing up in a war-striking country, you know, later on, the effect was more later in life than it was at that moment. Sure. It has to be profound to think of that. Like you said, you know, you're a child. We have no choice of who we're born to, what country we're born in. And for you to be born in a war zone, it just shows the tremendous mentality, that survivor mentality that you must have learned early on. And now the immense success you're having, it is quite a journey you've been on. I wanted to talk a little bit about how in school you didn't make the basketball team. So your mother encouraged you not to give up, though, but to be resilient and persevere by going to the gym and try out again the following year. Tell us what you experienced there at the gym and how it oriented you toward a future in bodybuilding. Yeah, just really quick, man. You know, the war was hard, but nothing was harder than coming to a new country as a free teenage boy not speaking a language, mm. you know, not knowing anything about the country, and actually coming to a very homogeneous town. Mm. I went to a little town called Sharon, Pennsylvania, which was like a very homogeneous in the middle of nowhere America. You know, it's a very small town. And at that time, when I walked into school, I was the only minority. Mm. You know, there was only black people and there was white people. When I came in, they're like, oh my God, what is that? Mm. You know, I had no idea. So. You know, talking about getting discriminated, getting bullied, you know, getting beat up, getting called names, you name it, I went through it. And when I look back, I truly thank God for that experience because it really made me who I am today. It made me resilient. It made me persevere and made me not really care about other people's opinion as much as maybe I should. But yeah, you know, so when I went to the school, I tried to enroll in seventh grade and I wanted to play soccer. And they're like, no, we don't have a soccer team. We don't have football, baseball, and basketball. And I was devastated. I was so devastated because soccer was my life. You know, when I came, you know, I, I was playing soccer as soon as I started walking. Not only, you know, I don't, I'm in a new country. I don't have any friends. I don't fit in. I, I don't have my sport. Wow. And it was so devastated. So I tried out for the basketball team. I didn't know anything about baseball and football back then. I tried out for the basketball team. I didn't make it. I didn't cut. Now, talking about even more bullying and more name-calling and more ridiculing, you know, all the kids laughed at me. You're not any good at anything. You know, you're from a different country. You guys are not good in sports. You know, you know, this is America. We're the best. And all that kind of stuff, you know, that little kids and I'd say at that age. Right. So, you know, I went home and, and I literally cried, cried. I said, Mom, I want to go back to my old country. Hmm. This place sucks. You know, America is not what it seems to be, you know. Yeah. And then what happened was... My mom says, look, we can't go back to our old country. That's not an option. So here's what we can do. Why don't you go after school to the boys' club, practice basketball, get better. And when you get better, you know, we try out next year. That's all. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, we'll do that. So every day after school, I walked into the boys' club. It was about a mile and a half from school. Mm-hmm. And I started practicing basketball. But one of those days when I was going there, you know, I saw, you know, these guys that are, like, look like, you know, Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. Back then, I was watching the Rocky movies and the Terminator movies. And I'm like, oh, my God, these guys look like, you know, Arnold and Sylvester are all big and buff. I'm like, I want to look like that. So I started going to the weight room, up, you know, upstairs. And, and you know, oh, my God, there's a bunch of big guys and a bunch of, you know, lifting heavy weights and, you know, slapping each other. And, you know, typical meatheads, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was so scared, you know, because I was such a squatty kid and kind of awkward and, you know, and I will let let up leave so that later on I, I can go there by myself. So after I did that, after a few months of lifting, 
you know, I started developing what I call baby muscles. You know, I started feeling better about myself. And, and I started not only getting stronger, you know, physically, I started getting stronger mentally. And I started getting, you know, feeling better about myself, my self-esteem, my self-worth, the way I would carry myself, you know, started improving. And that's when I was hooked. That's when I knew that that's what I want to do the rest of my life. I wanted to become a bodybuilder. And then after a few years, I knew that I wanted to help other people, you know, physically, because I know when, once someone feels good about themselves and is able to overcome physical exercise, then they can improve all areas of their life from there. Right. Was there anybody that took you under their wing and gave you any guidance or mentored you at that point, or was that all solo? For the first few years, it was all solo. Yeah. You know, basically... People who mentored me or guided me were the people who were lifting there, you know, in the gym. You know, you know, we got a bunch of big guys, and you know, these guys were lifting, and you know, they were they were, they were telling me what they were doing, you know, and then I was like, oh, cool, you know, okay, bench press, incline bench press. So I didn't have anybody to mentor me or or anything like that. I just I just saw by other people doing. Wow. So you began to build some businesses here. You got into the millions of revenue, and then 2008 came along. The recession hit, and you experienced some significant adversity at that time. Your wife was pregnant. Your house was getting foreclosed on. How did you transform this adversity into more success by partnering with others? I believe, wasn't it, the Camp Transformation Center? Yeah, so when I graduated from college and grad school, I started my first business. You know, and I started doing one-on-one personal training, and I didn't know anything about marketing or sales or anything like that. I just knew how to get people in shape. Mm. And I did that. You know, I did, I worked 60, 70 hours a week, and I was doing really good by my standards back then until one day the recession came. And I didn't know anything about the ups and downs of the economy. I didn't know anything. You know, the economy goes up and comes down and things like that. And, and that was devastating because at that time, well, I was, you know, married, and my ex-wife was pregnant with our firstborn, and I had no money in the bank. You know, the recession literally wiped me out. You know, next thing you know, I'm getting, you know, calls from creditors, and I'm getting notices from my house because I was being late on the payment. I couldn't make the payment. It was so devastating, and all I knew that in life, you have a choice. You know, you have a choice. Because you know what? Life is going to punch you in the mouth. Yeah. Life, life is going to knock you down. I don't think anybody goes through life undefeated. Right. You know, you know, yeah. you know so, you know, I always you know, I have two choices. I can just retreat, go to bed and sleep and watch TV and feel sorry for myself. Or I'm just going to work and work and work and try to figure a way out. Hmm. You know, I feel like life is a lot like boxing. You know, when your back is against the rope, you have a choice to right. either get knocked out or figure out your way out and counter punch. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do. All I knew is I wasn't going to lay down. That's all I knew. I wasn't going to lay down. So I just kept working, kept working, kept working, kept working. I'm talking about putting 18, 20 hours a week and trying to figure out different ways to make revenue and trying to figure out, you know, try to figure out ways I can come out of this. And finally, you know, I got approached with my business partner and, and she pitched me the idea of, you know, starting like a camp, like a boot camp in a group training facility. And at the time, I was very, I was kind of against it because I'm an old school bodybuilder. I'm like, nothing, you need one-on-one attention and, and things like that. But she was very eager and, and she didn't have any money. And I didn't have any money either. I had like $11,000 in my bank account, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, okay, I, I invest $9,000. I bet she we kept 2000 so we can eat, <laughs> you know. And, and we started a camp transformation center in 2010 with literally, you know, my last, you know, $11,000, you know, we, we used $9,000 of it. And, you know, fast forward to now that we are, you know, 125 plus locations. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're international yeah. and we have helped 
hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people transform their lives through physical exercise. Awesome, awesome. It's such a pleasure to connect today and share with Get Up Nation how you help people overcome their physical and mental challenges as we pursue our best selves. On your website, thecamptc.com, you share your understanding of how people get distracted away from their health as they work, pay bills, take care of their kids. You know, often medical providers even give us excuses by telling us as we get older that fat loss gets harder, weight gain becomes easier. But for those that don't want those excuses or distractions and want to experience the satisfying confidence of developing themselves within and without, how do you help them? Well, to me, you know, in life, in life, you either do or you don't. You know, there's no in between. My mom always taught me this. You can be anything you want as long as you're willing to work hard for it. Hmm. You know, and I always say this. It doesn't matter where you've been. The only thing that matters is where you are right now where you want to go, and the price you're willing to pay for it. Hmm. And unfortunately, excuses are is not the price. Excuses are a cop-out. You know, I've never been the type of person to have excuses. I always thought that, you know, I can be whatever I want, I'm willing to put in the work and, and do whatever it took. And that's why, you know, they call me nocturnal. A lot of my family members say, Sam is nocturnal, because, you know, I'm the guy who gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning and hit the gym at 4 every day. I'm the guy who, if I need to not sleep, I don't sleep. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And in life, you know, they say, so what is your occupation? What do you do for a living? And the right answer should be, I do whatever it takes. Mm. You know, you're not bound by any profession. You're bound by your desire, your goals, and what do you really want out of life? I love that mentality. That is an amazing mentality. I love that statement. I'm sure that's resonating with Get Up Nation as they face their challenges and as they're often confronted with what you're talking about. Their back is against the ropes. You know, what are they going to do? Are we as a group going to let life knock us down, knock us out? Or are we going to counterpunch? Are we going to move forward and achieve what we want regardless of our obstacles? Love that mentality. Now, will you share a little bit about 1% Nutrition and how you're serving others with this company? Well, to me, the term one percenter, you know, I have a brand called One Percent Life. And to me, the one percent life is not about you, you know, telling people you're better than them. It's not about, you know, you're better than someone or comparing yourself. One percent is about being your best self and doing whatever it takes for you to become your best self. At the end of the day, we can't be anybody else. We can only be the best version that we can be, you know, and one percenters to me, are people who act their own ways. They don't go with the trends. They don't go with the masses. You know, if the masses say, oh my God, everybody needs to have this this car or this phone or, or everybody needs to be this way. No, they don't do it because everybody else do. They do it because it is congruent to their goals. The one percenters don't care about being popular. They care about their goals and their longevity and, and what they need to achieve in life. You know, the great Warren Buffett said that if you want to be successful, Look at what everyone else is doing and do the opposite. And I wholeheartedly believe in that. Because if you look, and fortunately, if you look, you know, most people are overweight and healthy and broke. Hmm. So if you want to be like everybody else, then do what everybody else is doing. But if you don't want to be like that and you want something different, then you automatically makes you the one percenter. If you want something more out of your life, you know, you're already one percenter. And one percent nutrition is an extension of that brand. And I wanted to create a supplement company that is non-compromised. You know, it, it has the best ingredient. It has the best life has to offer and nothing else. Clearly, you've only just begun. In 2018, you made $54 million in revenue, and clearly you're on the rise. What's coming next, Sam? You know, I always tell people, you know, when I was broke, 
And when I was getting a foreclosure notices in my house or when I was getting creditors calling me, you know, you don't think about other people. You don't think about contribution. You don't think about fulfillment. But you know, Ben, at this point in my life, and I'm sitting right here right now talking to you, and I'm just looking at my office. You know, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I cannot believe this is my house. I cannot believe this is my life. I cannot believe that, you know, I have a, you know, 8,000 square foot mansion. I cannot believe that I have all the exotic cars that I want. I cannot believe that my kid's college has already paid for. You know, but once you get to a level where I think your basic necessities are met, and what I mean by that is, you know, you have a home, it doesn't need to be a mansion. You have a home that you live in, you have a reliable transportation, and you have some savings that you don't have to worry about your next bill or your next meal. And I think everything after that is like an extra. It's like luxuries, right? Mm-hmm. Then after that, you always think about what can I do to contribute now? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do to make a difference? And to me, the next half of my life, God willing, is I want to put a dent in the universe. I want to be able to help more people. I want to be able to to impact more people. And I have everything I want out of life. And at this point, I want to leave a legacy, not for people, for my children, for my family, and to be a positive influence on this society. Love it. And how satisfying is it as this expands and grows, knowing what you've created is helping people have greater health and satisfaction, improving themselves, achieving things they may not have thought possible. As the catalyst and creator of this, how satisfying is that for you to see that dent in the world that you've created? Nothing is more satisfying than that. Nothing. No Lamborghini, no Ferrari, (laughs) no mansion, no trip, no private jet. It makes me feel better than knowing that you helped someone along the way. And I think one of my favorite, favorite quotes of all time is by Tony Robbins. And he says, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the time when I was broke, I couldn't understand because you're in fight or flight. You're not thinking about fulfillment. You're thinking about not getting kicked out of your house and not mm-hmm. getting locked out of your house or yep. you're thinking about, you know, God, who's going to call me and who, need, who I need to pay next. Yep. But once you're in the clear, the fulfillment part is huge. And that's why, you know, you see so many people who are doing very well in life, but they're not fulfilled. The heart is not happy. Right. Growth and contribution, to me, is my main driving force now. Hmm. I'm going to grow as a person, and I also want to contribute to society. Amazing. When you think of resilience, what do you think of? I'd love to hear from your perspective as you help people develop physically, but also mentally, to be their finest selves. When you think of resilience and all the things that people who buy your products and services use to overcome their adversity, when you see people doing this and the adversity you've experienced in your life, when you sit back and reflect on the concept of resilience, what do you think of? When I think about resilience, I think about not giving up. What I think about resilience is, you know, keeping your positive attitude when things go wrong. It's easy to be happy and be cheerful when things are going your way. But can you maintain the same enthusiasm, the same happiness, you know, the same attitude when things are going wrong? And to me, that's resilience. Resilience is going from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing without losing enthusiasm along the way. And that's something that I think is so important in success in life. You know, everyone knows, you know, life is not a straight line. You know, life is going to have many ups and downs and many ups and downs. And that person who can be resilient is going to be the person who is going to move forward. 
love it. I love it. Sam, I could probably talk to you for 24 hours and just, I would love to pick your mind on a million things, but I got to stay true to my show here. I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me? Of course. Right. I'm here. I'm here. All right. Who are you thankful for today? I'm thankful, first and foremost, for God blessing me, you know, with this. You know, I'm thankful for God, you know, making me a stubborn son of a bitch. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, talk about resilience and perseverance. Everybody's like, you're stubborn, you're stubborn. And that's the kind of prerequisite for you to go after your what you want and your dream and things like that. I'm willing to sacrifice sleep. I'm willing to sacrifice, you know, instant gratification. I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I need to do to be able to. And I had that even when I was 14 years old. So that's, you know, first and foremost. And obviously, man, I mean, my children, my wife, you know, my family, my work, my health, and also the calling now that God has given me this, this success, this so-called success on earth, so that I can inspire other people, so I can, so I can help other people, man. I'm, I'm just grateful to be alive. Awesome. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? I'm thankful you know, for my health. I'm thankful for the energy, for, for the drive. You know, I'm thankful for being alive, man. You know, I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. It doesn't take a lot to make me happy. Coming from a war-striking country, having a single mom, you know, not having a dad, being bullied, you know, being that, it doesn't take much to be thankful. You know, I, I, every single day I, I wake up and I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. Coming from where I come from, the projects, food stamps, low-income housing, living in a very rough neighborhoods. This is truly the American dream. Love it. How do you fuel the fire within you? You know, I think the only way that you can feel the fire within you is for you to really know why you're doing what you're doing. And until you find the deep, deep why, you know, then it's going to be hard for you to stay motivated. It's going to be hard for you to do that. If you're doing that for money or you're doing that for game or things like that, that's not a deep enough why. And I always say to everyone, if your why doesn't make you cry, and it's not strong enough. Oh, that's awesome. Right. You know, and, and every time I think about my why, I'm just getting to right to talk about it even on the phone, is, is my, my why is my children. You know, to me, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder. I and mean, the chip on my shoulder is not having a dad. Hmm. And growing up, you know, not having that father figure around and missing that father figure, I always figure out why does, you know, why does so-and-so and everybody else have a dad? And I don't like so-and-so dad providing this nice life for them. And I don't have a dad to provide a nice life for me. The wife and so are getting all these presents and I don't have a dad to, you know, to get me presents. So that put a kind of chip on my shoulder and, and, a, and my why became to, my why is to be able to provide a life for my children and for my family that I never had before. I don't ever want them to experience what I experienced and, and I want, I want to be able to be the father that I never had. Wow. That is awesome. I can't imagine the joy in your heart as you see your children, as you tuck them into bed, as you take them to the gym, as you are there for them and buying them presents and teaching them what's possible with life. That is so profound. Thank you so much for sharing that. The next question is, what is one thing adversity taught you to value? You know, adversity has taught me to value adversity. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, a lot of times when we're going through adversity, a lot of times we're like, oh my God, man, this is the worst thing that can happen. Oh my God, I, I cannot believe this is happening to me. And why God, why, why, why? And every time I had adversity, I came out better as a better person at the end of it. You know, I've learned a huge lesson about it. And to me, you know, God puts you through adversity because he wants to test you to see if you are worthy of his blessings. If you persevere through adversity, if you just go through adversity, knowing that there's always going to be an end, no matter what you've gone through in life, you know, you, you still are here. Nothing has killed you, right? So as long as you go through life, you are going to come out at the better at the other end. But God is not going to bless you if you're going to lay down. God is not going to bless you if you're just going to quit. If you just keep going, you know, God will bless you. And that's, to me, adversity is God's way of testing you if you're worthy of his blessing. What are you doing today you may have never thought you could? You know, growing up, you know, everybody, you know, said, hey, you know, this guy's a millionaire. This guy's a millionaire. And, and to me, that was like, oh, my God, it was like the ultimate, right? It was the ultimate. So that's something that I wanted to achieve when I was younger, because that was like the ultimate status, right? right? And I never thought in a million years I'd become a millionaire, but even though I wrote myself a check years ago with a million dollars and, and an expiration date, and I, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but, but here's my goal. Yes, I achieved it many years ago, and I never thought I'd make that status. And what will you do tomorrow? You may have never thought you could. What I want to do, like I said, tomorrow is, in the future, is to try to impact people's lives in a positive way. You know, one of my goals is to impact a million lives. And if I can impact a million lives in a, in a positive way, when I need to go and be with, with our creator, then I can be satisfied with my life. I can say, you know what, you know, I became the best person I could be. I've done all I can. That's time for me to go and be with the Creator. So that's what I want to do. Sam, how can people learn more about you and your amazing work? Thank you, man. You know, I'm really easy to, to reach. You know, you can Google my name, Sam, S-A-M-B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. All my Instagram and Facebook and, and everything else pops up. You know, I'm, I'm very active on Instagram, and anybody needs to get a hold of me, please message me through there.